unnecessary intro song to totally waste your time. I got called a boomer today on Facebook. A boomer. <laughs> What am I going to do? How am I going? How, how am I going to deal with this, this terrible insult? You know, a boomer. So you know, I got lumped in with my parents' generation. Am I supposed to have my feelings hurt? I don't know. Anyway, um, it happened on Facebook, no doubt. Um, I made a comment under one of the uh current people running for district 5 supervisor i live in district 5 right district 5 is basically a communist um hold in san francisco right it's so far left that it's the race is between two far lefties who are both rich have money but are pretending to be you know communists are pretending to be socialists it's pretty it's pretty clear i'm not even going to name them cuz i don't even want to i don't want to give them any credit but i just made a flippant comment you know on one of them i said oh you got to smear your opponent because you're a fucking hypocrite and it's easier to just smear your opponent the days went by and somebody made a comment today i said aren't you a trump supporter from somebody i don't know right and uh i said actually i'm an I'm I'm a decentralist, an individualist, a skeptic, and uh, fiercely independent. But thanks for asking. You know, this person responded. I'm not going to say his name. Uh, this person responded. Um, Boy, libertarians sure say the weirdest shit to justify them liking Trump. I'm like, okay, I look at this guy's profile. We share 49 friends in common. I look at the 49 friends in common, and I realize amongst those 49 friends, most of them are, by pretty much most acceptable standards, losers. And when I say losers, I mean people who have not contributed much to society, measurable in any way. You know, mostly you're going to, and I, I'm not trying to smear uh, people who are waitresses and waiters and blah, 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 and bartenders. Uh, it's a, those are valid professions and everything else. But um, to do those, uh, to, to be parts of those professions while having, while doing nothing else but, but complaining about their bosses, you know, um, I'm basically talking about these little communists, but um, Peter Pan's children is what I'm talking about. And I look at this guy's profile, 49 friends in common, none of whom I like or enjoy um, or have ever hung out with to any significant degree. DJs, punk rockers, you know. But he's got his profile, has a bunch of union things let's unionize this and unionize that so i google the guy and it turns out he's a a young kid 30 years old and i look at his bio and he's got a, a wikipedia page so uh, he's done some shit and it turns out he's this young communist leftist kid 
from San Francisco who grew up here and by his own admission was a, a meth head and a heroin addict and was in punk bands and had basically no direction. His mother killed him, killed herself when he was six, right? So shitty life, pretty much. Like it's at, at that point when you realize you turn into a punk rocker, who's, who's shocked by that? Who's surprised by that? It's not surprising that, I mean, can you imagine dealing with the fact that your mother killed herself when you were six? You know, that he would become a communist or a socialist or into any activity that would try to find meaning or make sense of that or try to, I mean, I would imagine any kid would just think, oh, my mom didn't. Talk about abandonment complex. I have abandonment complex myself, you know, because of the multiple divorces. But imagine if there was no way to resolve that. Mom just kills herself, and you can't ever work it out with her. You can't ask her why. I think any kid would be pretty reasonable to imagine that a kid would turn that internally, go, my mom didn't love me, obviously, you know. And it could be argued that she didn't. It could be argued that she was a complete self-centered narcissist who abandoned her child. So he gets addicted to drugs and heroin. And this motherfucker, um, one day, he just, I mean, it's also not a surprise that he's growing up in San Francisco and becomes a communist. This is not, you know, what would be a surprise if he grew up in San Francisco and became a Republican. That would be shocking and surprising. You'd go, wait, what? How'd that happen? But then he fell in with punk rockers, leftist punk rockers. None of this is surprising. It's like super, it's boilerplate, expected plot line. Nothing about it is a surprise. You know, it's, it's, it's bad writing in that it's just too common and the details are too predictable. Do you know what I mean? But he's your average San Francisco leftist, young kid in his 20s. He finally kicks drugs, apparently, and uh, he d he gets a boner. He starts reading. I'm going off the KQED profile now. I watched a couple YouTube videos and listened to part of his podcast um, or where he was an interviewer. But anyway, let's speed up. Uh, he ends up going, uh, signing up to go fight for the Kurds in the Syrian war. Right, he's a Jewish kid, born of Jewish parents. One of them killed himself, you know. But um, he's a total internationalist leftist who believes in the brotherhood. He gets a boner reading um, "For Whom the Bell Tolls" and the ro he gets attracted by the romance of war, you know. If you remember uh, the Forrest, was it Forrest Gump? No, it's not Forrest Gump. What was the guy? It was Forrest Gump, right? Where? Um, Lieutenant Dan wanted to die a war hero just like his everybody else. Like uh, Forrest Gump saves him and he's mad because he wanted to die, you know. Anyway, so this young kid, this young lefty communist whose mom killed himself, gets a boner suddenly for war. And this isn't surprising because war provides purpose. Um... It also has that death component, you know, the death wish that I, I, I can't imagine uh, a child whose mom killed herself, 
We don't. I don't know the circumstances, but at six years old, you're probably in the house, you know, or nearby. Can you imagine discovering your mom dead? Ugh. It's all. It's honestly hard for me to imagine anything uh, more terrible for a kid at that age. So, um, but this is what kind of bothers me. Now, it's not a surprise, you know. The left absolutely loves and depends on these broken children, you know. No guidance in his life. No father figure, from what I can tell. Um, mother kills himself. And the left needs this. Why? Because when you're young and you're stupid and you have no direction and things are going bad, uh, that's the best type of person to into which you can instill whatever your values you want to instill into them. Mormons do it too, you know, uh, by taking these kids and putting them on missions when they're 19. But anyway, I'm getting off track. So this kid um, decides he wants to go over and fight for the Kurds, and he does. Goes through various channels, sends some emails, and he goes over and he fights in the war. I don't know. I don't know the details. I don't know if he killed anybody. I don't know how much fighting was. I didn't see anything. You'd think they'd put that forward very quickly if you killed somebody. But now he's back and he's commenting on my Facebook posts. <laughs> you know, and uh, I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, well, oh, fuck. Um, oh, uh, by the way, the re one of the reasons that spawned me on it, it, to looking at who he was is he goes, um, I said, well, collectivists say, he said, um, boy, it sure is funny the weird things libertarians will say to justify them liking Trump. And I said, well, it sure is interesting the stupid things collectivists say because they're stupid. He responded, well, I am stupid, um, which was nice because that's something I would say. He, he said, well, I am stupid, but my podcast is more famous, more successful than yours. And I said, congratulations, I'll send you a ribbon. And he said, thanks, boomer. And I was like, yo, sick burn. You know, like, who cares? He's calling me a boomer. This is, it's a funny thing, though, these youth. And the digging, I realize, it all makes sense. This Again, there's nothing surprising about this, and I hope I'm not boring you. And... um but everything about what he's doing makes complete sense given the circumstances. And I'm bothered by it because if you listen to this guy speak, um, he's got a very capable brain. He's got a capable sense of humor, you know. He's able to absorb things. But what he doesn't have is any sort of guidance. And here's now the problem that sucks too. And I've seen this with Mormonism. Is when you enlist these guys... And my theory is that, you know, most people fight and die for whatever army finds them first. You know? And this Kurdish army is the one that found him first. This communist is international brotherhood. And of course, how is that not an appealing idea for a kid whose mother committed suicide? A brotherhood. You know? It's not a sisterhood, it's a brotherhood. It's, it's protection from the pain that's been caused by the one woman in his life that should have been protecting him, you know? Um, the International Brotherhood is probably populated with tons of people who, um, the actual fighters, the actual people, 
you know, the workers, I'm using air quotes, people who have gotten the shit end of the stick. And they love that. The leftist organizers absolutely love it. They, they bank on it. It's why you see the left always populated with young kids. And his insult, that boomer thing, he's making fun of my age. It's almost like you just want to go, my boy, you don't understand that the passage of time will affect you too. Sorry, I just was William Shatner for a second. But you don't realize that when you're young, when you're 30. You think, oh God, 50 years old, that's that's 20 years away, that's, that's forever. You know, that's never going to happen. But the problem I see with this poor kid, anyway, when he mentioned the podcast, I thought, I thought, yeah, I should just have him on my podcast. And I really thought about it. I thought, send him a message and go, hey, well, you seem like a kind of a smart kid. You've got, you're completely on the left. I'm tired of talking to people who agree with me. Um, uh, what? Let's say you come into a room with me in my van and we'll we'll do a podcast where you can insult me to my face, you know. And I, I'm not saying that in a macho way. I just go, yeah, let's just trade. We can trade insults and we can talk about stuff, you know. I thought about doing this, but the more I looked into him, the more I thought, now, why would I do that? Why would I invite a person whose moral compass is geared towards literally signing up for to hold a gun and to shoot opponents in the head to fulfill his um, savior complex or his hero boner, you know? Could I be any dumber than to do that? No. I mean, when you're that, when you're that far gone and you're still young and you don't have any age behind you to be able to figure out what you're doing, no matter how capable your brain is, the thing that you don't get when you're young is that time is valuable. And time creates a certain kind of wisdom and a certain kind of knowledge that does not come any other way. You can't bypass it. And even if you're ahead of the game when you're young, you still can't leapfrog over the knowledge that only time will teach you. You know, And when you got a young guy like that with nothing to lose, literally nothing to lose, I don't know what his relationships are like, he doesn't have a mother to lose, I don't know what his family is like, what's his brotherhood? You know, this international brotherhood, these distant strangers all over the world, you know, that's not real life, that's not like real children or real connections, you know. What has he got to lose? Obviously, he doesn't have much to lose or else he wouldn't be signing up to go fight for the Kurds. You know? With a secret dream that he might die on the battlefield a hero. You know, and have the whole thing be over. There's, there's a lot of pain in this person's life. It's obvious. It's very obvious. He's running to an international brotherhood. Could, could love be any more watered down, more distant than an international brotherhood. You know, 
They marketed it as being the biggest of all love. But it's not. It's the most watered down love you will ever find. You know, because it applies to strangers in faraway places. Can you imagine getting on a plane and fighting for strangers like that? Can you imagine what must have happened? I mean, we know what happened to this guy. His mother killed killed herself. There's no getting over that. The meth addiction, the heroin addiction, the nightlife, the punk rock, the self-destruction, the romance of war, all of it. This is psychoanalysis 101. It's the most basic fucking shit. All leads to compensating for that or finding some sort of resolution with that. Do I want to be on a podcast with a guy like that as a non- Sympathizer to that cause? Do I want to be the one to deliver the news that the International Brotherhood is the thinnest of all loves? You know? No. Because I don't want to be shot in the head. I don't want to be targeted by gangs of guys like him who have nothing to lose and everything to gain by getting marks with their cohorts for their violent actions, you know, for wearing a mask and (sighs) punching Merkley in the eye, landlord, you know, taking him down through violence, which is the language of the left. It's the absolute language of the left. And if you don't believe it, just crack open a history book. This guy would know that. I would I would like to have a conversation with him, but I don't want him to know. I don't I don't want to engage with him. You know? I don't. Too unpredictable. Well, no no no. Sorry. Too unpredictable? No, actually too predictably risky. Right? Too predictable. He's predictably violent. Predictably irrational. Predictably self-centered. Predictably unreasonable. Why would I go into a situation that's so easily predicted? You know? I'll take a... I'll, I'll go into a conversation with a non-bloodthirsty leftist instead if there are any <laughs> and I don't think there are because when I whenever I've gotten in whenever I've drilled down into an actual principled and I'm using air quotes leftist marxist what what becomes abundantly clear after I mean, first of all, just the description should let you know everything about it. But let's say you actually find yourself conversing with them. What you find very quickly is that all of the politics are motivated by deep, deep pain and resentment. Envy. You know? Envy. Anger. 
what was it Thomas Sowell said yesterday? I saw, I retweeted his thing. Something about one of the seven deadly sins suddenly becoming a virtue under social justice. Right? Envy used to be one of the seven deadly sins, and now it is a virtue called social justice. You're envious of the organizers. You're envious of this. You're envious of the land. Whatever it is, however you're doing it, it's just like you're, you're, the brotherhood is built upon resentment and envy about feeling left out, about feeling mistreated. You know, and that, where does the channel go? Where does, how, how does that, how do those feelings and those issues resolve themselves? Well, the easiest way, the path of least resistance, which is violence. Violence is the fastest way for that type of person to achieve justice. And more importantly, some sort of notion of purpose. You know, building a company is hard. Inventing something is hard. Learning a new programming language is hard. Learning another language is hard. Learning a skill, expanding that skill, taking that skill forward, hard. Pointing a gun and putting a bullet in somebody's head, easy. It's a squeeze of a trigger. Sure, the the pain of dealing with that might be hard, but when you're talking about guys whose moms already killed themselves and they've already gone through the pain of heroin addiction, you know, that's nothing. They're used to that. So it's easy. It's a path of least resistance, this international brotherhood. And of course, fighting for a bunch of strangers, foreign, you know, where you don't even need to argue with them. You can just say you represent them and the invisible, you know, this invisible army in your mind cheers you as the hero. You're fighting for the cause. The cause. Fighting for the cause. The imaginary thing. Not fighting for your children because you don't have any children. You don't want any children because you think the earth is overpopulated anyway. And why would you want children when your mom killed herself? You know? Why would you want children when you're a drug addict? Or that you know that you have the potential to be a drug addict again? Can you imagine the dark thoughts that are, that are going around in this man's mind? Anyway, this KQED interview was totally sympathetic to him because they're fucking pushing the communist bullshit too. You know, unapologetically touting this young man as some sort of cultural hero when really what a good person would do and I'm not the good person here because I'm not contacting him and I'm not going to invite him on my podcast because I don't want the responsibility of taking this young man under my wing I don't but that's what a good person would do a good person would go holy shit dude you've gone through a lot of pain you've got a good brain on your head you could invent something. You could put, channel your energy into making a good little family. Channel your energy. And rather than trying to steal the company away from your boss by unionizing, invent your own company. Employ a bunch of people. You know, this brotherhood of fighting against the doers, 
I get it. It's resentment. It's anger. It's rage. And I understand your un, your rage. That rage of losing your mother to suicide has got to be incalculable. You know? But channel that energy if you can. At least use your capable brain and figure your way around it. This is what this is what's sad about this story. And it's kind of the sad thing about like I've got a Mormon friend who's a big famous Mormon singer and the the church the Mormon church has got their claws into him and they've touted him as Mormon and it's become so much part of his identity that getting out of it in the public eye is so hard because nobody really wants to go, oops, I was wrong. I do. I have no problem with that. I enjoy that. But for the most, I'm an outlier. Most people don't like the shame of ever having been wrong, even though that's the one thing every single person has in common is they're, they're wrong. And smart people look at being wrong and being found out they're wrong as being part of the process and to becoming, uh, to getting more data. But now that he's roped in, and KQED has roped him in, and all these Vice News has roped him in, what are the chances he's ever going... A normal person, without that media attention, without that scrutiny, he might still stand a chance to finally figure it out, and by the time he is a boomer... I know that he doesn't, can't become a boomer, but by the time he's 50... I'm not a boomer, I'm a Gen Xer, by the way. Of course you know this. But um, by the time he's 50, he might... If he's got even just a few little nudges in the right direction, he might go, oh, I get it, I get it. Yeah, family, building my own things, providing for others through providing things, not violence, not killing the oppressors, but enabling through creating avenues and jobs and opportunities for others, you know. He might get that one day, but it's going to be very difficult now that he is known for being this hipster who went and fought ISIS, you know, on behalf of the Kurds, on behalf of the International Brotherhood, on behalf of the Democratic Socialists, on behalf of communists. Okay. Um, it's shocking how um, it's getting to be so... They're not even hiding anymore. It's like these, this younger generation, people like him, are outright just saying, no, I'm a communist. They're not even trying to hide it yeah, under democratic socialism like Bernie and the gang. You know, They're just coming out and saying, no, we're, we're communists. We're fighting for the international brotherhood and I'm willing to you know, shoot people in the face for it. So yeah, I don't want to have him on my podcast. Maybe over the phone, but I don't even want him to be on... I don't even want to be on his radar. That's why I don't, I don't even want to use his name here because I don't want it to come up on some search thing. You know? Because he's damaged. Deeply damaged and he hasn't worked through it yet. And I don't want to be the one to hold his hand through it because I'm not a good person. <laughs> I'm not that guy. I'm not going to be a surrogate dad or a surrogate mom. You know, I don't have time for it, especially because he's expressed the desire to kill people for that rage. 
And I don't want to deal. I don't want to deal with that. Anyway, so yeah, interesting when you click through profiles to see who it is you're arguing with on who you're who you're arguing with on the internet. That's all for now. Thanks for listening.